What's good, JCC fam? I want to welcome you to our sermon series, Words for 2022. You see, words are not just words. It was words that created the heavens and the earth. It was words that created you. And words have power to change the situation. You, you can say something and it can revolutionize somebody's life. You can say something and it can change the situation. So please believe that words have power. And I've been preaching this series to help you to see that if the words that I'm telling you will become a part of your Christian experience this year, as you're planning, as you're strategizing, as you're thinking about getting married, as you're thinking about settling down, as you're thinking about getting a new job, if these words will become a part of your uh, system, I believe that you're going to have a great year. Not because it's my words, but it is because the words of God. So we've talked about the word remember. We've talked about the word rich. We've talked about the word refuse. We've talked about the word rise. And today I want to drop word number five. And if you got your Bibles, kindly flip with me to Revelation chapter three. And we are considering verse number one until verse number six. And I'm reading again from my preaching translation, the English Standard Version or ESV for abbreviation. The text uh, says, and I read in your hearing, And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. And strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I'll come like a thief. And you will not know at what hour I'll come against you. Yet you have still a few names in Sardis. Uh, people who have not soiled their garments. The people who have not soiled their garments. And they walk and they will walk with me in white. For they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments. And I never blot out his name out of the book of life. I'll confess his name before my father and before his angels. He was an ear. He who was an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Reputation. Reputation. Let us pray. Father God, speak. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. One time I visited my auntie. For three breakfasts, she asked me, Henry, do you want jelly on your bread? I said, no, auntie, I don't want jelly on my bread. I don't like it. I developed the reputation as the boy who didn't like jelly. One afternoon, I scooped some jelly from the jar. And then I heard footsteps. And then when I turned around, it was my auntie stand, standing in front of me. She folded her hands. Her head went to the side. She scratched her head. Said, look at here. This is an interesting sight. Henry, you told me you don't like jelly. 
Henry, you lied to me. You see, brother and sister, I need you to relate to my story. Because sometimes reputation and reality don't coincide. Uh, no wonder we shake our heads at the stories. I didn't know I loved a vulture. I didn't know I trusted a crocodile. I didn't know I labored with a hyena. Uh, some of us are playing chameleon. What we are in public is not what we are in private. What we are in private is not what we are in public. The church of Sardis is in a state like that. They have a reputation. They are known for good things. They are known as something great and awesome. And Jesus audits the church. He says to the church of Sardis, I know your works, that you have a reputation that you are alive, but you are dead. Jesus doesn't give the church a commendation like all the other churches. As you know, he said something nice about Ephesus. He says something nice about Smyrna. He says something nice about Pergamum. He said something nice about Thyatira. But Sardis, there is nothing nice. Jesus gives a critique. A critique is a detailed analysis of the good and the bad about a situation. And Jesus can give this critique because... He has the seven spirits of God. The seven spirits of God give Jesus access to see what is going on in the lives of his people. Please understand, Jesus knows what you are going through. Jesus is not too far to know how hard it is. Jesus is not too far to misunderstand the confusion that you are under right now. Jesus is not so distanced that he doesn't understand the disease that is ravaging your foot. Jesus is not too up into his own business that he's not acquainted with your diabetes, your heart disease, your pneumonia, your COVID-19. He can see it all. And what I'm trying to say that the fact that Jesus has access to our lives without us needing to give him access should make us talk a little different, should make us walk a little different, should make us pray a little different, should make us evangelize a little bit different, should make us treat people a little bit differently because he sees everything, because he understands everything. And somebody today has been living a life thinking that God doesn't care, thinking that God doesn't see, thinking that God doesn't understand. But I came to drop news to you that Jesus has the seven spirits of God. He has access to your life and he cares about you and he he knows about you. He understands about you. Hallelujah, somebody. And we need to say also that when Jesus gives a critique, we need to pay attention because he fully understands what's going on. Jesus don't need to read about you on CNN. Jesus doesn't need to go to the Jakarta Post to find out about what happened in Indonesia. You feel me? Uh, he doesn't need to check with your friend to find out what's going on with you. He, he doesn't need to check with your teacher to find out what's happening with your child. He, he doesn't need to check with your doctor to find out the prognosis that was given to your wife or your husband. He, he, he knows it already. And when he gives a critique about your life, uh, you need to understand that he's coming from a place of understanding. He's coming from a place of full investigation and understanding of the facts.
And so I, I want to drop this statement. A critique from Jesus is correct. And please believe that when Jesus gives you a critique, you need to pay attention. And sometimes it hits. Sometimes it hurts. But when it's a critique from Jesus, you need to roll with the punches. Uh-uh. Uh, you need to move with the punches. And I want somebody today to move with the punches. This sermon is going to punch. This sermon is going to hit. And please do not look at me as uh, your enemy. Please understand I love you and I'm simply communicating the word of God to you. Hallelujah, somebody. Uh, the critique of Jesus to Sardis is short but strong. He says, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. I know your works. Uh, you see, the word works gives us our concept of energy. Uh, the church of Sardis is investing their energy is working hard to maintain a reputation. Uh, we call it an exercise, a work. We call an exercise a workout. We call a negotiation working it out because it requires energy. And the church of Sardis is investing its energy to keep up appearances. They're expending energy to sustain a reputation. Uh, they, they, they look alive, but they're only keeping up appearances. Uh, they drive a Lexus, though broke. Uh, they keep a couple pictures on the profile, though they're broken up already. Uh, they talk, though they're ignorant. They spend, though they have cash poor. That is what is happening with the Church of Sardis. Perhaps that's your situation, that you are keeping up appearances. You are expending energy for a reputation that does not have essence, that does not have something backing it up. I understand, my brother and my sister, that it takes energy to sustain a reputation that doesn't match reality. I'm reminded of a boy who kills his mother's chicken, and when he kills his mother's chicken, his sister sees everything. And so she comes to him and says, okay, brother, you got two choices. You can go to mom and tell her what's up and get in trouble. Or you can tell me, I just got to pay a small fee, but we're going to keep it between you and me. You dig? You feel me? So the boy chooses a second option, to keep it a secret, but only pay a small fee to his sister. Oh, but it was some fee that he had to pay because every time it was the turn of the sister to wash dishes, guess what she did? <laughs> Bro, <laughs> It's dishes time. Every time it was uh, the sister's turn to take out the trash, bro, trash time. And some of us are under the thumb of somebody being dictated to because of something that they have over against us. Uh, some of us are in a situation like this, boy. We are expending energy uh, to keep up a reputation that's not really who we are. After two weeks of being a slave, the boy got tired and he went to his mom and says, Mom, I killed it. She says, I know. <laughs> Had you come to me earlier, you would not have been slaving under the thumb of your sister. Uh, so the church of Sardis is in a situation like that. Perhaps I'm speaking to somebody right now who, like this young boy, is expending energy and you are tired. You've been fighting hard to keep up appearances. 
to look a certain way, to sound a certain way, to dress a certain way, to hang around certain people. Uh, but you understand that those people are not in your economic bracket. You have spent more money than you intended. And instead of you eating nutritious meals, you're spending the whole week e eating Indomie. Have mercy, somebody. Maybe you have been spending energy posting stuff on Instagram and on Facebook and on the other social media platforms because the friends you hang around, all they do is post about everything happening in their life. They, they post about their kids. They post about where they have been. They post about where they have eaten. They post about what they have bought. So you feel the pressure uh, to do the same thing, but you are tired of posting about your life because you understand that there are some things that should only be for private consumption. You dig? Some things should only be for me. And so you've been expending energy, but you are tired. Per per perhaps you have been acting like a photocopier. Uh, trying to match uh, the energy of somebody else. Uh, trying to talk like somebody else. Uh, trying to sound like somebody else. Uh, trying to dress like somebody else to the point that you're so tired that you don't even recognize who you are. Uh, some of you have been expending energy to be spiritual. Uh, to look strong at all times. To look like you got it together because you don't want people to know that you have moments of weakness. You don't want people to know that you have moments when you don't feel like praying. You don't want people to know you have moments like, uh, I don't want to get out of bed today. You don't want people to know that there are moments when you don't feel like talking to God. So you're keeping up appearances and you're having to crack smiles that are not true. And perhaps you are trying to impress somebody that you are so spiritual. You're trying to impress somebody that you are this particular person and you are tired. Please understand that, that uh, keeping up a reputation requires energy. You see, the critique of Jesus that the church of Sardis is looking alive, but they are dead, is one of the worst in scripture because it describes a person who has never come in contact with Jesus. And Paul talks about this in Ephesians 2 verse 4. He says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we're dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Uh, you and I lived in the condition that Paul describes. We're dead in trespasses. We are infested with sin. And I just want you to know that COVID virus is not the worst infection you can get. The worst infection you can get is the sin virus. Because that virus will kill you eternally if Jesus doesn't step in. And you and I were at that place where we were not responsive to God. We were enemies of God. We hated God. Uh, but Jesus stepped in. And because he stepped in, new desires sprang up. Because he stepped in, new hopes rose up. Because he stepped in, new ideas took shape. And I want somebody to understand today that if you give your life over to Jesus, 
you also will have new hopes, new dreams, and new desires. You will see life differently. You will talk differently. You will want to eat differently. Something about you will just be different. When, when people look at you, uh, they will simply say, I, I don't know what it is, but I can recognize that God has done something in your life. I can see that God has revolutionized you. You, you look different. You, you sound different. And I, I want to offer somebody that opportunity today. If you have never given your life to Jesus, uh, please do it because if you do it, you're going to be living your best life, uh, your greatest life. And what Jesus is saying to the church of Sardis, he's saying, Sardis, you have gone back to the place of hating me. You've gone back to the place where you and I are no longer in relationship. Uh, we are moving, yes, but I'm ahead and you are behind. You're no longer locked in step with me. Uh, so he is saying to the church of Sardis, you are Christians in reputation only. And please believe that we have Christians who are Christians in reputation only. It's a father who serves in the church but doesn't have a prayer with his own family. It's a brother who lends money to a friend but is not willing to lend the same money to his biological sister. Come on now, I just touched somebody right there. It's a student who goes to a Christian university who comes from a Christian home, but after leaving the Christian university, they're an atheist. It's a brother who, uh, because he doesn't know how to say no, he will lend his money and yet borrow money to pay his own bills. I'm trying to say that it is possible to be a person in reputation only. Uh, so I ask you today, when uh, you pray, is it really prayer or simply a reputation? Is your family truly a family or is it just a reputation? You feel me? You're only a family at church. You're only family on Instagram. You're only family at the mall. But at home, everybody goes to their own rooms. Everybody does their own thing. Is your family really a family or is it a, a, a family in reputation only? Some of us haven't talked to our brothers and sisters for years. Some of us can't even sit at the same table with our cousins. And yet we say we are family. And even in the household of God, even in the church, we, we don't want to connect with some people. We consider them the weird people. We, we can't spend time praying with them. Is your family really a family or is it a family in reputation only? Is your education really education or is it just reputation? Do you really learn in school? When you say I'm a nurse, are you truly a nurse? Do you have the theory packed, down packed? Uh, do, do, do you really do it well? Did you fully get into the books? Did you earn your degree? Is your faith faith or is it just a reputation? Do you truly believe what God says? Do you say, I take God at his word and I walk with him no matter what happens. I will flow with him no matter what happens. I trust God. I believe in God. Even if the, the world fails, I will still hold on to God. You, you, you're willing to say like Job, though, they, though he slay me, I will hold on to him. Is that the kind of faith you have? Or is it the faith that is like Wi-Fi network that's up and down? When you say I'm going to the office, are you really going to the office? Or is that just reputation? When you say I'm a vegetarian, is that vegetarianism or just reputation? Oh, I'm getting on you right now. When you say I'm offline, when you tell her I'm offline, when you tell him I'm offline, are you really offline or you just turn off your privacy settings to 
nobody can see me. Mm-hmm. We got those things on, on WhatsApp. Some of us turn off our last scene, you know, those blue ticks. We turn them off to gray ticks because we don't want to be seen, uh, you know, last scene at the time on, on, on the WhatsApp status. We, we don't want that to be seen. So when you say I'm offline, are you really offline or is, is that just reputation? You did. When you say I, I, I give up porno, I gave it up. Is that really giving it up or you still are into those movies that uh, have a little nudity to them? Uh, when you say I don't smoke, I, I don't drink, is that really the case or is that just reputation? Because it is possible to live on reputation and the Church of Sardis is living on reputation. Uh, they have a name that they are great, they have a name that they are good, but they, they, they lack the reality that is to back up their their reputation because it comes a day that you must truly truly be who you are there comes a day when you'll be seen who you are and that's what jesus is getting at with the church of sardis but we need to ask ourselves an important question is how does reality and reputation divorce how do they separate how how do people have built a great reputation actually stop living according to that reputation that they have built. I looked at the closet of Sardis and I found some skeletons. And please believe that these skeletons, uh, Sardis would not want you to know about them, but I had to bring them out and I wanna drop them to you. Sardis existed as the capital city of the empire of Lydia. We know about Babylon, we know about Greece, we know about Rome. We know about Persia, but Lydia is one of those empires we don't know too much about. But it was a significant empire because it boasted one of the richest men in the world at the time, King Croesus. Croesus did something innovative. He was the first one to use coins as currency. So you can think the city of Sardis and the empire of Lydia as the the originators of coins, and we're using coins today because of what they did. And everyone looked at Lydia as this empire that was rich. And you know how it is, when you have something, people want it. When you got money, people want money. And the Greeks and the Persians, they wanted the wealth of Lydia. So the Greeks surrounded the city, but being built on a, on a hill and being surrounded by a wall, it was not easy to penetrate the city. Uh, one day, one of the soldiers of Sardis became a little blunderous. He dropped his helmet outside the city wall. So he wanted to retrieve it. You know what he did? He exited the city from a secret entrance. A Greek soldier looked at this situation and says, okay, we got our way in. And they used that same secret entrance to defeat the city of Sardis. So Sardis, this great empire was, uh, this great city was attacked because of a little door. So you think that Sardis would learn from this first skeleton I've just dropped to you, but it happened again when the Persians came. Because when the Persians surrounded the city, they observed the city carefully to find out where its weak points were, and they discovered a spot. When Sardis soldiers were throwing bodies over the city walls, they realized that at this particular part of the city walls was left defenseless. And therefore, the Persians attacked Sardis. 
You see, these skeletons of Sardis demonstrate to you and I how sometimes reputation and reality can divorce each other. You see, Sardis became so confident in itself. Uh, Sardis leaned upon its reputation. Sardis thought it could never be attacked. It has great walls. It has great wealth. They, they thought that they were powerful, but they did not pay attention to the little door. They did not pay attention to the weakened part of the wall. They did not understand that reputation cannot help you in the midst of reality because reality demands strategy. Reality demands uh, planning. Reality demands you rising up to the occasion and doing your part in to ensure that you can meet the demands of the moment. Sardis failed to do that particular situation. They felt so confident in themselves, so confident in their ability, so confident in their reputation that they thought it ain't going to happen to us. And some of us feel the same thing. It ain't going to happen to me. There is no way I can lose my job. There is no way I can get COVID-19. There is no way that I can lose a loved one. There is no way that I, I, will, I will mess up in school. There is no way that I'll get an F. There is no way because I got it down packed. And oftentimes we lean upon reputation. We lean upon what we have done. We lean upon uh, our achievements of the past to help us stay steady in the moment. Uh, but reality says no. What you did last year, what you did yesterday, what you did last week, what you did last month is not what I need right now. Reality says I need you to show yourself real right now. Uh, you say that you are healthy. Show me right now. Uh, you say that you save money. Show me right now. Uh, you say that you love people. Show me right now. That's how reality operates. Uh, please understand that reputation won't protect you from reality. It'll only show the value of your reputation. Uh, let me repeat that one. Reality, reputation won't protect you from reality. It'll only show the value of your reputation. That's what reality will do. So when Sardis was attacked, it really showed the value of their reputation, which was they were self-confident. They were cocky. They were all about themselves. They're all about what they could do and what they were about. But you see, Jesus understands this idea that reality shows the value of your reputation because he advised his disciples. He said to them, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You, you heard Jesus right there? Paul speaking the same concept in different terminology and words. He says, therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Please understand that you cannot lean on your reputation. You got to be careful. And please understand that the flesh is willing the flesh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's how you must treat your reputation. You must say, I need to take heed lest I, I fall. You see, what happens to many of us is that we never think we can commit that crime. We never think we can do that sin. But the Bible is too clear about the human heart that it is deceitful and desperately wicked. Never be confident 
in what you have built. Never be confident in what you have done. Never be confident in your accomplishments. Never be confident in your attainments. Never be confident in your accoutrements. Because when you're confident in these things, you, you begin to think that those are the things that make you. But we know how COVID-19 flipped things around. We, we fully understood that things could be yanked from us. They could be pulled from us. And we would fully understand that, hey, it's not the mall that sustains me. It's not flying that sustains me. It's not going to church that sustains me. It's, it's God who sustains me. You see, too many of us, we sleep on our capabilities. We believe the education qualifies us not to continue in being educated. We, we live on faith deposits of the past or of others. We think we will never hit a downturn. You see, before I came to JCC, I used to preach around. I used to do a little preaching. And praise the Lord for that. It, it, it helped me to, you know, improve my skills. And there were times when brothers would say, oh, man, you, you really hit it today. And I'll be like, ah, oh, thank you, thank you. And you must understand that a lot of times appointments come to you uh, far, few, and in between. So if you get an appointment this month, next appointment might come in, in May. So when you're called for a sermon, you will have almost a week, um, not a week, you'd have weeks to prepare. So it's easy to preach a good sermon having weeks to prepare. You have time to study and look at the books and, and get into it. But when I started my ministry in JCC, the script was flipped. So when people would tell me, Pastor, that was a good sermon, I'll think I got to do it again next week. And when you tell me, Pastor, I was blessed, I, I think I need to replicate it again. Because last week's sermon cannot sustain this week. You feel what I'm saying? And I hope somebody can track with me to understand that what you did last year, what you did last month, what you did last week, what you did yesterday, what you did the last hour, what you did the last minute is past. You need to build up again in this particular present situation and the moment. And you have to think of growth. You have to think of progress. You have to think of taking steps and, and getting up there. That's what Jesus is saying to the church of Sardis. You are dead right now because you think and you lean upon the fact that you are alive. But uh, that was a long time ago. Let, let's come back now. Let's put in work now. Let's put energy now. Let's be strong now. Let's be real now. Let's be loving now. Let's be kind now. Let's do now more than what we did yesterday. And that's what Jesus is getting at right here. Hey, but the question needs to be asked after I've dumped all of this on you. How then do I get reality and reputation to marry. See, Jesus asks Sardis to marry their reputation and their reality. First, Jesus says to Sardis, wake up and strengthen the things that remain that are about to die. 
Uh, notice what Jesus says. In verse 1, Jesus says, you are dead. In verse 2, Jesus says, strengthen the things that are about to die. You see, what Jesus is trying to get at is telling the church of Sardis, do not mourn over what's dead. Please monitor what's alive. Uh, repeat, do not mourn over what's dead. Please monitor what's alive. Do you know that dead things can move? I saw a snake swim. Forgive me. I saw a fish swim without a head. I saw the tail of a lizard move. I'm trying to say that dead things can still move. Dead things can still have life. And Jesus is looking at Sardis. He says, I see fish with no heads. I see lizard tails that have been cut off, but they're still moving. Uh, please do not focus on the head that's gone. Do not focus on the lizard that's gone away. But I want you to focus on the body that's still moving without head. I want you to focus on that little uh, tail that's still moving without the body of the lizard. He says, monitor what's still alive. What is about to dead? Can I help somebody right here? You see, there are some things, brother and sister, that if you will not monitor them well, they will die. If you will not pay attention to them well, they will die. And you and I must learn to appreciate the fact that sometimes some things got to die and we got to be able to let them go. We got to be able to say bye bye to them in order for us to thrive in this particular moment. Uh, think about it in this way. If you have planted corn in a field and you have harvested the corn, naturally, what do you need to do? You need to take up the husks. You need to take out the the the. the old and dry corn plants in order for you to plant new plants. Somebody today needs to plant new plants. You need to plant new friendships. Yeah, I know your bestie left you. I know your ride or die left you. I know that they are gone now. They don't call you no more. They don't text you anymore. But you have friends that are still interested in you. Why not plant more investment in them? Why not plant more time with them? Why not plant new memories with them? Why not say, today I'm going to take you out. Today we're going to go to Dufan. Today we are going to spend time in Anchol. Today we are going to go to Bandung and, and have a culinary feast. Today we're going to spend time in Bakasi. We're going to chill. Why not start investing time in the things? that you got right now that are about to die because all you do is to talk about him or her or them and talk about how good it was when the person is saying, wait, wait a minute, I think the wrong person left here. Instead of you focusing on what you have right now, you're, 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 you're too busy talking about what the past is. No, 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 no. Say bye to yesterday and focus on right now. Some of you have lost investments, and I know that in the context of uh, the last year and beginning this year, uh, the markets have been up and down, and, and many people have lost money, and perhaps you are that place where you have lost money. You have lost that investment. But you know that you still got two more investments. You know that you still got more stocks. If you keep focusing on the one that you lost, I know it was big, I know you invest a lot in it, uh, you will lose the ones that you got right now. Are you feeling what I'm saying? 
Some of you have had to let go of a love, somebody who you thought you're going to build life with, somebody who you thought is, was going to be your present, but you had to say bye-bye to them and, and, and God is sending somebody else along your way and somebody else is knocking at your door, but you're too busy thinking about the one that is gone instead of you saying, Lord, thank you that there's not one person in the earth for me. Lord, thank you that there's not a soulmate. In fact, there is somebody who I can be with as long as they love Jesus, as long as they know God, as long as we have a similar vision and as long as we're moving together we can make something happen i know they made me laugh i know they took me places i know they found a ways to rub my feet nicely but that's fine i'm gonna let that go and i'm gonna build something new and something special with this particular person i'm not gonna be stuck on what was yesterday i'm gonna focus on my present right now and that's what i'm trying to help somebody here to to understand and that's what jesus is saying do not mourn over what's dead monitor what's alive Somebody left the country. And you're in a new country. And you keep thinking about your old country. And not planting seeds in your new country. And not developing networks in your new country. Not setting up your business in a new country. You need to forget that old country. And start monitoring your new country. Are you feeling what I'm saying? You can't keep talking about it. You can't keep thinking about it. At some point, uh, you got to get up. At some point, you got to dress up. At some point, you got to show up and, and start moving along with your life. And that's why Jesus is saying, oh, Sardis, don't mourn over what's dead. Monitor what's alive. Don't be stuck on repeat. Don't be repeating sad tales. Don't be repeating sad fairy tales. Don't be repeating memories. Don't be repeating what they did, what they didn't do. Start playing a new tape. Start writing a new story. Start recording a new song. Start running a new race. Start climbing a new mountain. Start driving in a new road. Start moving in a new direction. And start taking steps to get up there because... Uh, we, we do not mourn as those who have no hope. But we have our blessed hope in Jesus. Who can create something new? Uh, who can help us to move on and carry along? Who knows how to lift us up when we don't know how to rise up? Who knows how to carry us along when we are sinking? Who knows how to say, I'm with you until the end of the age? Who knows how to deliver us from temptation? Who knows how to ensure that the fiery darts of the evil one do not take us out? Who knows how to help us to overcome with the blood of his, with, the, with his blood and the word of his testimony? Jesus helps us to, to not mourn. Jesus helps us to, to monitor. And somebody needs to say, Lord, I will not mourn no more. Lord, I will not mourn no more. Lord, I will not mourn no more. Lord, I will not mourn anymore. I'll not mourn. I'll start to monitor what's still alive in my life. The second thing Jesus tells Sardis in order for them to marry reputation and reality, he says, remember what you received and heard. For Jesus, remember, isn't recall. It's to bear in mind. When you recall, you attempt to bring back what's forgotten. 
when you bear in mind, you never come to the place of forgetting. Jesus says, remember what you heard and received. Obviously, he's talking about the message of salvation. So he's saying, never come to the place you forget it. Bear it in mind. Keep it in your system. Keep it in your head. In fact, Jesus is borrowing the words of Paul when he's talking to his protege, Timothy. Watch this. Hold fast the pattern. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is what Jesus is getting at with Sardis. He says, hold fast to the pattern. Hold fast to the pattern you received, you heard, you understood. Uh, stick to it and never let it go. Uh, Paul had given Timothy an outline of pastoring. He had given Timothy an outline of ministry. He had given Timothy an outline of how to live as a man of God. He said to Timothy, don't let people look on you as young. Don't let them despise you because of your youth. Uh, set an example to everybody in the church. So he says, Timothy, this is the pattern. You don't have to create a new pattern. You don't have to start a new thing. And please understand, brother and sister, when it comes to faith and belief, uh, you don't need to go outside of the Bible. The, the, the Bible is complete. Everything right there is what you need to follow. You don't need to come up with a new strategy, with a new plan. You don't need to think out the box when it comes to the faith because Jesus has set the pattern right here. I guess what I'm trying to say that if you want your reputation and reality to match, you got to think about the pattern. You got to think about the framework. You got to think about the outline that you received uh, to get you to the reputation that you built. Uh, let me make it clear for you, brother and sister. Michael Jordan, we, we clap for him. We say, wow, Michael Jordan, you're, you're a great man. We, we clap for his great dunks. We know he won six championships. And he's considered the GOAT, the greatest of all time by many of us. But you know what pattern Michael Jordan followed in training? Dribbling the basketball. Simple dribbles that you can do, actually. Boom, boom, boom. He'll spend time doing form shooting. Boom. Form shooting. Just go to the basket and do form shooting. He'll spend time defend, defending, getting into his defensive stance. I'm teaching a little basketball right now. So he, he would always do that consistently. And that's what his great acts and heroics on the court were based on. So his reputation was built on a pattern. And if you want your reputation to get back to where it was or for you to build a great reputation, you will need a pattern. You need to maintain this pattern if you want your reputation to stay intact. If you've built a reputation of faith, please follow the pattern of faith that helps you to build your faith. You feel me? If you build a pattern of, of health or reputation of health, please follow the pattern that has helped you to build a reputation of health. You feel me? If you build a reputation of a saver, please follow the pattern of somebody who saves. If you build a reputation of trustworthiness, please stick to the pattern of trustworthiness. Are you following what I'm saying? Hey, follow the fundamentals, follow the basics, follow the things that you know have gotten you there and keep doing that and keep following that. Do not try new trends and new tricks 
and, and, and new twists and, and no, 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 new trinkles. No, 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 no. Follow the pattern. You feel me? Go along with that. And if you do that, please believe <laughs> your reputation is going to be where it needs to be. The third thing Jesus tells the church in order for them to marry their reputation and reality, he says, hold fast and repent. To repent, according to Cleon Rogers, is to change one's thinking. According to Ranko Stefanovic, to repent is to make a decisive turnaround. So, so repentance begins in the mind before it reaches the hand. Don't let that pass you. Uh, repentance is mind work before it is handwork. It's thinking differently before doing differently. Do you know what is the number one import in Indonesia since 2004? Oil and gas. And do you know why it is a number one import? Because the Indonesian population has moved to the middle class. So in order to meet the demands of the middle class, they have the nation has had to import oil and gas in order to live in this new status. So if you want to live a repentant life, I'm coming to you now. If you want to live a repentant life, you need to import a new kind of thinking because we have understood that repentance is a mind work. You need to import new thoughts. You need to import new ideas. And guess what? Those ideas are not in you. Those ideas are not on YouTube. Those ideas are not on the news. You need to import Genesis through Revelation. You need to import in the beginning God created heavens and the earth. You need to import that the heart is deceitful and desperate who can know it. You need to import that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they are with me. You need to import that man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. You need to import that he will hide me in his pavilion in the day of trouble. You need to import that Jesus is Savior. You need to import the fact that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You need to import the fact that you must return to your first love. I'm trying to help somebody to understand that the thing that helps you to have a different kind of thinking, uh, to start to see life in a different way, to start to see people in a different way, to start to see the world in a different way, is when you import the Word of God into your system, into your mind. And that import process should not only happen when you hear a sermon on Sabbath. That import process needs to happen every single day. We are in a generation that is spiritually saturated but spiritually literate. Too many of us do not know the things of Scripture. We're not fully acquainted with what the Word of God says. Therefore, we're not living the life we need to be living. But I came to tell somebody today, please import the Word of God into your system if you want to live a life of repentance. And that's what Jesus is saying. Hold on to what I've given to you. And the way you hold on to it is when you hold on to my Word and live according to my Word. Do you know why some of us find it hard to change? Because we have not imported the Word of God to our lives. And some of us do import the Word, 
but we don't do it all the way. Because for some of us, importing the word is simply ticking off a reading program. We've read it. For some of us, importing the word is listening to a sermon or podcast. But Jesus defined what importing the word really is all about. He says, Blessed are those who not only hear the word, but do the word. It's in the doing that the word is important. And when the word is important in our doing, power is imparted. <sighs> Uh, that, when it, that is when God is now able to come alive in our lives. If you want to see power imparted in your life, simply start living by the word. Simply say to yourself, I'm going to do what God's word says according to the understanding that I have at this particular moment. And as you live by that word, please believe me and trust me. Your life is going to change. 100%. I guarantee it. And if it doesn't change, well, you can come back to me, but I believe that you will not come back to me because the word of God will change your life. And that's what Jesus says to the church of Sardis. I need you to live by my word. I need you to repent by my word. I need you to start putting all of this into experience and in your reality and reputation are going to marry. Before Jesus finishes everything with Sardis, he drops something that I want you to pay attention to uh, just before I uh, take my seat. Jesus says to the church of Sardis, Therefore, if you will not watch, I'll come upon you as a thief. And you will not know what hour I will come upon you. So far, he has been talking about the reputation that the church of Sardis has. But now Jesus says, let me tell you a reputation that I have. It's a reputation that I've developed because of my disciples' tendency to live on reputation. I tend to behave like a thief. When I show up, it looks like I'm a thief. When I show up, people ain't ready for me. When I show up, people are surprised. When I show up, people are shocked. For Sardis, if your reputation and reality do not marry, when I do show up, you consider me a thief. Be like, oh, Jesus, you are here? What's up? You see, Jesus employs the thief metaphor in order to test our reputation. You see, a day is coming when Jesus will test your reputation as a disciple to see if it's real. A day is coming when Jesus will test your faith if it was true. A day is coming when Jesus will test if you really gave your heart or gave with your heart. A day is coming when Jesus will test if you really love people truly. A day comes when Jesus will test your humility. A day comes when Jesus will test your, your love for him. A day comes when Jesus will test your love for other people. A day comes when Jesus will test how deeply you practice the word of God. I'm talking about the second coming of Jesus. That is a day of test. That is a day of trial. When he's going to know whether you and I are truly what we are. When he's going to know whether the reputation we have built is truly a true reputation. A day is coming when Jesus will be able to say, that is truly my son, that is truly my daughter. 
But on that day, some people are going to run away because their reputation is going to fail because they will truly show themselves as only Christians in reputation. And they're going to cry out to the rocks and say, rocks fall on us. They will want the alligators to eat them, but the alligators ain't going to be hungry. They want to jump off the roof, but they're not going to be able to. Gravity ain't going to work. They want to run in front of the busway, but the busway will not be driven on that day. They want to jump off a plane, but the planes are going to be grounded. Because on that day is test day. There is no one who is going to run away. Everybody is going to be tested to be seen if they're truly what they have been claiming to be. The time is now, brother and sister, to live the truth. The time is now to be sober. The time is now to be wise. The time is now to be fair. The time is now to build the reputation. So when Jesus comes, your reputation is going to be real. I don't know about you, but when he comes, I want my reputation to be real. I want to be seen as a true Christian. I want to be seen as someone who truly loves him. I want to be seen as someone who's truly dedicated. I want my ministry to mean something. I want just to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I want just to say, come now and receive your portion in your mansion. Come now and forever be with me. That's what I want Jesus to say. And he can say the same thing for you. If you make the decision today and say, Lord, I'm going to make sure that my reality, my reputation is real. That my reality matches what I proclaim and what I profess. And today you can start. For some of you, starting is just simply reading the word of God and practicing it every day. For some of you, it's simply forgiving other people. For some of you, it's simply starting to get involved in church again. For some of you, it's starting to give consistently. For some of you, it's to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. You know what you need to do. We are simply here to help you to facilitate that. And if you want to accept Jesus as personal Lord and Savior of your life, the number's on the screen. Please reach out to us if you're watching on Facebook. We're happy to do that. Uh, we want you to know Jesus. And perhaps you cannot get close to our church because you're in another country. Please find the nearest Adventist church and connect with them and help them to teach you the truth of the Bible so they can know Jesus as personal Lord and your Savior. What is your reputation going to rest on? Only your reputation or reality? Let it rest on reality. Every head is bowed, every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Father God, we have heard your word and we have understood. We want to live on reputation that is steeped in reality. Jesus is coming soon, Lord, and we do not want to be disappointed when he comes. We want him to find us ready and prepared. Father God, I pray that you'd help us to be able to do that today. And I ask you, Lord, that you strengthen us. I ask you, Lord, that you help us. This, Lord, I pray in the awesome in the wonderful name of Jesus, amen. Hey there, did that word touch you? Did it speak to your heart? Do you want to give your life to Jesus Christ? I want you to know that today is the day you can do that. Do not delay, do not wait any longer. The number on the screen, JCC hotline number is where you can connect with us. Drop us a message and we'd be more than happy to reach out to you. We want you to have a life-changing experience, and we know that the only place and the only person who can do that for you is Jesus Christ. So may God bless you and strengthen you. And once again, I wanna to talk to anybody who has been impressed by God to give something, to contribute to this ministry, to connect with us and to help us to do our mission to the fullest of our ability. And you can also give at the account on the screen. May God bless you and take care of you. And I'm gonna see you real soon. Peace.